Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in today. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com for the audio-only versions of these recordings. Um, of course, here on our YouTube channel, you can subscribe and follow us here or over on Facebook as well. And you can message us there, of course, or pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Old school email is the way to do that if you would like to reach out to us. And uh, thank you to those who do. We continue to meet people um, in varying places, primarily here in the United States, that are tuning into the program and just saying, I'm telling you, we say this almost every time, I'm just, I just feel alone. I just feel like nobody wants to talk about these questions I have um, along the lines of, of Torah and ancient understanding um, and uh, an examination, a hard examination of dispensational thinking. And, well, what about Paul's writings? And what about this? And what about that? And, and as I always say here on the program, many times in, in people's deliberate or just unintentional intolerance, if you don't have a verse in your hip pocket to pull out and show that proves your point, a lot of people are not willing to engage over days, weeks, months, and years of just talking about the reality that many of us, not all, but many of us, are attempting to study the word of Elohim. And, and, and we're, we're attempting to, to take this supernatural book and examine it and study it. And from our posture, our position, we want to be found as ones who are pursuing everything that we can from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, and, and extract out what are we to be doing? Who are we? Um, we believe that we're more than just uh, a, a Christian individual. We're more than just a, a blanket believer. We believe we are invited in to become a capital P people. And, and how do we do that? We do that via a word that we have to hold very rightly, which is salvation. Now, you see in the title, today is titled Salvation. Pause. <laughs> to all who obey. Salvation to all who obey. And obedience has been an overlooked um, component of salvation. Um, salvation is a gift. Salvation is free. Salvation is something you just receive and take into yourself. And salvation is a response. Salvation is, of course, hinged upon repentance. And we've heard all these endless sermons and, and altar calls throughout most of our lives. But I have heard very little about obedience. Now, if you follow the program, of course, that is a topic of utmost importance here. We are always addressing obedience and consecratedness, uh, a biblical understanding of holiness, being set apart, being marked, and we believe the Sabbath is a sign. It is a mark between Yahweh and His people. We believe the feasts are set apart holy days for a set apart holy people. I mean, we believe that Yahweh has set in motion, a cyclical pattern that we talk about, whether it was the Moedim series that we've done here or in many other differing ways, uh, we believe in, in, in Genesis from the very beginning, creation itself 
declares a cyclical pattern where Sabbath, of course, is not just included. It is an integral part of Yahweh's perpetual creation system. Um, that, of course, preceded Exodus and, and the Ten Commandments, which, which, of course, it becomes very clear in case it wasn't clear before by watching creation. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm giving you a commandment to keep the seventh day marked, holy, consecrated. Remember it. Again, the only, the only commandment given that we are told to remember. Why? Because we have been prone to forget, as Christianity has shown us, we've forgotten a very, one of the one of the. Is there a lesser or a more important commandment? Well, we're told by Yeshua, of course, the two greatest. But everything hangs upon the Torah and the prophets, and so thereby it is intricately connected to everything that preceded. So, I want to talk about today. Let me preface it a little bit with just some honesty. Um, I started uh, typing out some thoughts yesterday towards several key verses, and of course one is this Hebrews 5.8 text that I've already mentioned in the title, which is salvation to all who obey. Um, but I will admit in humility, this is somewhat scattered. Um, I typed out nine pages over the course of maybe only five or six hours, and I will, I will say from the beginning, it is not the most... Um, well-organized writing that I've ever done. Um, I, I feel compelled to just entrust it to Holy Spirit to to make sense of it, and, and if it doesn't, then that's on me. But the best thing is, if, if it does, our best chance is, like, everything that is in bold is simply Scripture. Over nine pages, it's probably 85% Bible verses. So as I wrestled back and forth, because I have many things that I write that don't ever make it on here, and I just try to just kind of set them on the table of, of my heart and for consideration. Say, Father, is this something that should make it into the public sector? And if so, just breathe your life into it, because otherwise it has no chance of being anything to change any one of us. And so I say that to say, this is not going to be some slick, perfect five-point presentation today. Um, this will be multiple parts, and it will, again, be primarily Bible verses to, to, to challenge our, our thinking and our inherited doctrines um, towards things like some things we'll touch on. Obedience, of course, um, faith, belief, um, unbelief, uh, uh, wickedness, and, and we're going to kind of, what we're going to do in a broad sense is we're going to allow the Word of God to to again remind us of a pattern therein, which is there, there are two camps, basically, and I say this all the time. There are law keepers and there are law breakers. There are men of righteousness and there are men of iniquity. Um, there are those in covenant and there are those out of covenant. Those are different ways of saying the same thing. There's really only two parties, friend. There's really only two. We're in covenant or we're not. And, and the, the ones in covenant are the ones found keeping the covenantal laws and statutes of the lawgiver, of the institutor of the covenant, which is Yahweh Elohim, um, who is keeping his part perfectly, as we always say here. Now, again, our primary text today, and we're going to say this multiple times throughout this um, series, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Though he, Yeshua, of course, was a son... He learned obedience from what he suffered. I've talked about that verse 
for going on 15 years now as a verse that just really started landing in me in, in very meaningful places of my understanding of of what the Messiah endured as as a as one who is fully God and fully man. And and we must understand that the son had the very son of Elohim <laughs> had to learn obedience. And he did that by suffering. Now now again in case you've never watched the program, I like to make this clear. This is he did not learn this the last you know, week of his life, and, and as he wept tears uh, mixed with blood, or, or as he, you know, denied himself food for 40 days in the wilderness, or, or when he was nailed to the cross, or when he was spat upon and beaten. Yeshua's life was marked by suffering, if we understand suffering correctly, because suffering, as it is intended to be understood and thereby walked out in the pattern of our Messiah, is a life of self-denial. A life of suffering is marked by one who is constantly abasing himself to surrender and press down his will in order to exalt the will of the Father, which, of course, Yeshua perfectly personified for us. And he, as we always say, I believe it's in Hebrews as well, talks to the point where he became our hupogramos, our one example. Um, he showed us the way. Now, this verse continues, this text rather in verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 5. And once he, Yeshua, was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. Awesome. I would feel that most Christians, most believers would, yes and amen, but we have to continue on with this verse. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. To all who obey Messiah, he becomes his function to the fullest, to the utmost, to its accomplishing. He becomes salvation. He becomes, in Hebrew, Yeshua. He becomes Yah is salvation when we obey him. He becomes that salvation to us individually when we obey. So that we know that by grace, through faith, by this we have been saved, rescued, delivered. In Greek, it's sozo. It is, it is a rescuing understanding. We've been moved from death to life. We know all the New Testament verses about this. We've heard them our whole life. I believe they're true. <laughs> but I wanted to put this together today with the heart's intent not to combat traditional Christian doctrine that states it's all grace, it's all grace, it's all grace, but rather rightly to add to it using the Bible, to add to our understanding. It's all grace. I think that's too much. It is very much grace. Grace is the door, if you will. The invitation is extended by the grace and the mercy and the compassion of my Father. Yeshua becoming the literal door between me and the Father. Nobody goes to him except goes to him, the Father, unless you go through the door, the invitation? Yes. Um, but I want to broaden our, our understanding a little bit and hopefully challenge um, any of you who maybe are open to it to consider that it's not all grace. It's not all grace, okay? Um, most everyone knows the endless just-believe teachings. Um, most of us have heard them our whole lives. Um, there's likely been more sermons and, and teachings on 
salvation via faith, belief, than probably any other topic in history except for maybe sin and hell. Um, those, those always run, you know, right there. You, if you don't want to go to the fiery pit, if you don't want to go to hell, just believe. <laughs> if you just believe and as if all of a sudden somebody hits a switch on like a rail yard track and all of a sudden you just like that, just like that, you can move death to life. Boom. You're good now. Okay. Go to church. <laughs> um, we believe there's more than that. Um, although the, the primary thing we've heard is just believe, just believe. If we can just get people to believe. Um, but is salvation for all um, or for certain individuals? Now, no, I don't mean predestination. We're not talking about that here today. We're not talking about Calvinism and people who are marked and identified and, and you're in and you're in and God decided because um, he knows everything, that you're out. Now, does he know? Yes, but this gets real complicated and a little bit uh, off to me <laughs> um, when we start worrying about a predestination um, doctrine where we're trying to pick and choose who's in and who's out. There's This is beyond us. Let's just keep it simple. Father desires that none will perish, Okay. He extended himself, which we're going to talk about. This salvation was, yes, extended to all humanity, to all mankind. I believe salvation was extended as a gift that it is through grace to all mankind. No restraint. I believe that. But there are some intricacies therein that we will discuss, of course, throughout all of this. Um, as we see in Hebrews 5.8, who says salvation is for all who obey Yeshua, the Messiah. Um, and so I mean not predestination, but how do we properly understand the when of how Yeshua's gift of salvation, which was extended to all, becomes individual salvation? You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get into the compartments of our mind to not just differentiate and separate, but understand the intricacies within a broad extension of salvation versus an individual receiving of the salvation that was offered. And that's the little place I want to kind of park and, and just kind of examine for a little bit here um, in this series. Now, we have to mention Ezekiel chapter 36 because as I talk to people who have who have watched the program and 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 have, like me, just kind of added this to your understanding in, in more recent years, Ezekiel 36 is life-changing for those of us who are open to the full gospel that goes from cover to cover. Um, instead of walking in this, start at, the, start at Matthew 1 when you get saved. Start at Matthew 1. So, in other words, open up a book and start on chapter 32, and don't worry about everything that that preceded that. Just start right in the middle and read to the end, and that's for you. That, I mean, we, we, we mishandle this so poorly. But if we do go back to Ezekiel chapter 36, and I will reference this as well many times in this series too, um, we of course see the new covenant. For I will take you from the nations. This is Yahweh, of course, speaking. I will take you from the nations, gather you out, of all the countries and bring you back to your own land. And I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean from all of your uncleanness and from all of your idols. Moreover, moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. 
I will remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my Ruach, my spirit within you. And as we're always saying here on the program as of late, when we read this text, which is quite often, why? Why does Yahweh say he will remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh? For what purpose? To just make us saved? To make us good Christians? To even just make us better people or bless us? No, no. Why? It continues. Then I will cause you to walk in my laws, so you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your fathers, which will be significant here in moments. And, and I'll interject this. Well, what will become of those who do this, what is commanded? It continues and culminates in with the part we're going to read here in Ezekiel 36. You, these people, the ones who do this, you will be my people, and I will be your Elohim. Okay? So this, this text right here, these few verses... I'm talking to brothers, and it's changing their life when they understand this is the new covenant. The new covenant reality in Yeshua, full of Holy Spirit, fulfills this perfectly so that now I can walk in my Father's ways, which ironically is just exactly what the Son did, right? (laughs) And so when it's no longer I that live, that's how that looks, I live according to my Father's ways, laws, ruling statutes, instead of my own, instead of the Goyim Gentile ways, which I left behind when I covenantally joined myself by saying, I see the, the um, invitation of salvation by grace through faith that came to me, rescue, deliverance, safety, salvation. Okay. And now I obey. <laughs> I Now I can obey. I've been empowered to obey now. <laughs> this is the word of God speaking for itself. Now it's imperative that when we speak of salvation, we speak of covenant. I've been talking a lot about that as of late. Um, I have a brother who, who watches the program and we talk with great regularity. And he just got a book on covenants and I'm quite excited. I'm hoping he'll read it and explain it to me. Um, and then I don't have to read it. I can just glean from all the hot topics and major points that he, he gets out of it. Um, covenant is very important if we understand salvation at all. And the, and the invitation into Yeshua is, is if, if we are void of covenant understanding, dare, I dare say that we don't even know what salvation is because Okay, I can't even I can't even go there. We've got to keep moving. This is way too big to 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 uh, rabbit trail. We must speak of covenant, though. We are not mere recipients, but rather a partner agreeing to covenantal prerequisites and requirements. Okay, we talk a lot about that on the program here. Many people don't like that when you start talking about things we have to do. Oh boy, legalism! You're just trying to keep an outdated undone eradicated law okay well if do we believe i do we believe isaiah do we believe jeremiah do we believe ezekiel 36 that we just read that the new covenant is defined as do we understand why the holy spirit is within us if if we believe the word of god is true 
then we must live accordingly. It is, it is of no use if the Older Testament is merely historical text. If I just read that for a little bit of a faith boost, be, oh, Abraham, oh, Moses, oh, Noah, I miss the point if this is mere history. This is, it's, it's, it's chock full. It is overflowing with counsel towards who we are now in Messiah by looking back at the prophecies that pointed to Messiah's finished work reality on what it produced in us as we look at salvation to all who obey him, okay? Him, the Son, all right? Uh, I talked about this with my son just yesterday. We've been talking about this the last uh, couple of days here in our house. Um, and I just, you know, we talked about just simple things. He's getting much older and his, his understanding is, is maturing greatly. But he's still, you know, he, he's a child. Um, and which is good for all of us sometimes to, to talk like a child or as we're talking to one, even to ourselves sometimes, to have simple understanding. Um but, but this, this gift that is extended in salvation that I said at the very beginning, at the outset of this, is it is a gift that is presented, I believe, to all of humanity. And what is done with that gift is dependent upon the individual. It is all dependent on whether or not we come to a place via Father drawing us. It's not our own doing. It's, it's the work of Holy Spirit drawing us to the Father, conviction of sin, iniquity, rebellion, lawlessness, and I and unveiling, if you will, of our eyes to see how we are governed by lawlessness and the goyim mentality, the Gentile mentality, where we're full of idolatry, uh, and we have that revelation. And even then, well, it's still dependent upon our response. It's dependent upon whether or not we do anything with it. So, in the most simple way, the most juvenile way I can explain this, and surely we know this, but not everyone does, of course, is when this gift is extended, and let's use anything in the natural as an example, if you want to give me $100, I do not have to take that. I don't have to. Now, you extended it. You gave it to me. But what happens after that is entirely up to my individual decision. Does it matter at all that you extended that to me from on my part if I don't receive the gift? The gift was extended. The gift was given out. But if I don't take the gift into myself and willingly and deliberately receive it, the gift is of no use. It, can be, it can't go in my bank account. It can't pay my bills. It can't repair my side-by-side. -side, it can't do any good for me unless I take it into myself and receive it and add it to my life. Okay? It's a personal it's a personal acceptance. It's more than just a mere decision. I've talked about this of course for 15 years as well. You know, I made a decision for Jesus um shoot in 1983, you know, 10 years old. Okay, well, I made a decision. I didn't want to go to hell and yeah, I guess I want Jesus cuz hell sounds horrible. I'll make a decision for Jesus, baptized taken in the front of the church. I did did what I needed to do, and now that was a part. It was a component of my journey, but it was just a mere decision. It wasn't a it wasn't a salvific um 
death to life supernatural experience. I didn't even understand. I didn't understand anything. <laughs> Again, I'm not throwing it out saying it's insignificant. I'm just saying when any of when any of us, especially if it's our own children, I gingerly and tenderly and slowly take my son through the heart exchange reality. We did it again mere hours ago. Son, this will cost you everything. This will cost you your very life. I picked up, we had some uh, supplements, some pills uh, in a little bowl. And I said, son, this is your life. And when you are ready, because we're talking about Ezekiel, we're talking about the heart of stone being extracted, heart of flesh put in, uh, the, the, the Torah, the beautiful law of Yahweh Elohim is then put within me. It's moved from tablets of stone into the tablets of the hearts of men. That's prophecy in the word of Elohim. And, and when that happens, you then are changed. You're moved from death to life. Your life is no longer your own. So I'm dumping out the pills onto the table. and like, son, that's, that's you. You say, I give up. I quit. I'm not going to be rebellious. I'm not going to be hard-hearted. I'm not going to all these things. It is a willful joining of ourselves into a covenantal responsibility in the new covenant to say now. I have been empowered and enable, enabled to be literally someone different. I am literally now a new creation individual. And now I can do what I could not do before, which is now I can walk in my Father's ways just like Yeshua the Son because my life is now hidden with Him in the Father. It's beautiful in a covenant relationship. And then from the rest of my life, from that point on, I choose to live out the Ezekiel prophecy. And now I realize I've been enabled and empowered to walk in my father's ways, to keep his precepts, to be like David and say, I love your Torah. I love your, your, it is life. It is light. It is perfection and I was created to walk in it and now because I am filled with Holy Spirit in Yeshua Messiah now I can <laughs> I am a new creation and salvation comes to anyone who does that <laughs> and then will obey obey the son okay Let's just make that kind of an introduction. We'll, we'll go into the next part. We, we've got, oh my gosh, we've got so much to go. I mean, we, of course we've got so much to go. We just got started. I'm telling you, this is literally 85% at the very least scripture. Um, we're just going to read. I'm going to read a verse, a verse, a verse. Yes, we're going to be all over. Psalm, Ezekiel, Matthew, Jeremiah, Psalm, Psalm, Psalms, 1 Timothy, John 3, Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 1, 1 John chapter 3, John 14, John 15, 1 John 2, John 12, Romans chapter 2, 1 John 1, Matthew 7, Colossians 1, Psalm 119, hello, Psalm 119, there is salvation. Yahweh sent His Son, Yeshua, who learned obedience through the things He suffered, and he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. 
Friend, do you know what it means to obey the Son? We're going to get to this. One of the cruxes of this, of course, as we drive home every time in different ways, Yeshua never spoke anything by his own accord, his own initiative. He only spoke the Father's ways. He did not come with a new set of rules and laws for a Christian church. He came and only did what the Father did and, and said what the Father said. So if we obey the Son, we know we're obeying the Father. This is an, invita- this is an invitation to come along with me and talk about that for a little while longer. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way is beautiful, illuminated by the eternal word of Yahweh Elohim. Can't get enough of it. I hope you can't either, friend. Thanks for tuning in and uh, like, share all these things with the video if you'd like to. Otherwise, just tune back in. We'll be back with part two after this. Amen.